Welcome back, everyone, to the, uh, fuck, what's the name of our show? <laughs> Overleveled yeah. Podcast. Welcome, everyone, to the Overleveled Podcast. Yes, sir. Oh, man. How you been, DJ? It's been, uh, it hasn't even been a full week since we last recorded an episode. Or maybe it has. Unfortunately. I no, I was playing. <laughs> um, I've been all right. Just same old, same old. What about you? How have you been lately? Uh, well, you know, like I just said to you, I, I just ordered myself a, a brand new uh, semi-custom-built computer. So, sure. yeah, just kind of waiting on that to come. Um, but, yeah, other than that, just working. Working like mm-hmm. a mofo. Um, As mofos do. Yeah, so today on the show, me and you are going to be just kind of doing a, a deep dive sort of discussion on the very first Final Fantasy game. I feel like if if this game didn't exist, we we wouldn't be like I I guess we wouldn't even have a lot of the games that we do love today, you know. That's true. Yeah. I feel like I mean, I still would be interested in a lot of video games, but I feel like Final Fantasy definitely helped pave the way for my love of JRPGs. Sure. Yeah, 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 definitely. I mean, cuz I don't even think yeah, I mean, the first game that I ever played and loved and got me into loving video games was SpongeBob SquarePants Battle for Bikini Bottom. I I really doubt that Final Fantasy had huge influence on that game, you know. Oh no. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, um a lot of the games that we love today. I mean, sure we had like Dragon Quest that came out mm. even even before this, but um but yeah, you know, it's this is this is a big one. Oh, one thing too. Just to kind of give give a little bit of behind, I guess this is behind the scenes. Just some insight onto what I'm kind of working on um, for the channel that is not the podcast and is not <laughs> the the one reaction video that we did to the first episode of The World Ends with You. Mm-hmm. Um, basically, right now, I'm doing kind of just a um, like a personal rant kind of type video for the game Fantasian. <laughs> really? Yeah, I, I've I've kind of recorded it and now I'm just kind of throwing it together in mm-hmm. uh, Premiere Pro just to see what I can kind of do with it, if I can make it kind of mm-hmm. funny or entertaining or informative or whatever. Like I just right. <laughs> I I got so, I got some feelings about this game. <laughs> right. Yeah. Are they more in the negative realm of feelings? Well, I haven't played the game. A lot of my oh. frustrations come from the fact that I want to play you this game play so bad, but okay. I, I cannot play it, you know? Okay. <laughs> yeah. Just a two-hour rant of me being like, I can't play this game. Yeah, basically. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Also, right now, me and DJ are, are doing this via uh, cell phone call <laughs> because yeah. for some reason... Um, DJ is getting my audio and I can watch videos and stuff on my computer and, and hear my own voice through my computer. But for some reason, uh, even though his mic is set up and everything, I can't hear his mic. So I think this is yeah. still going to work out fine. We just sound yeah, like, I mean, oh. y'all will still hear us just fine, but yeah, we just sound like shit these. to each other. Yeah, <laughs> that's fine. But fuck us. Yeah. Fuck us. It's for y'all. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, so let's talk about Final Fantasy, man. This very first game. Um, The very first one. 
Yeah. The one that paved the way. It did, yeah. So uh, this game came out in the year uh, 1987, bro. Damn, we weren't I, even born. We weren't even, dude. I oh. was, I, I was not even in my dad's nutsack yet, dude. I know. Yeah, scary to think about. I know. So okay, so it, it was made by uh, by Hironobu Sakaguchi. Like Hironobu Sakaguchi uh, is the director, the creative writer of this game. He obviously had a team of people behind him, but uh, whenever people hear Final Fantasy and and directors, they think. Hironobu Sakaguchi. Mm-hmm. Uh, along with him, um, probably the second biggest name uh, attached to this project is Nobuo Uematsu. Oh, definitely. Oh, yeah. So, and it, like we talked about in our uh, video game music episode, uh, Nobuo Uematsu uh, has had a track record for, you know, making some of the best fucking songs in video game in, in general. You know, mm-hmm. yeah. So those are kind of the big two names, and and this was developed by Square, or like it was, I guess, produced and and developed by uh, a company called Square. Uh, yeah, no th- Enix back then. Yeah, no Enix. Yeah, or were they Square Soft? I can't remember. Were they uh, were they Square then Square Soft then Square Enix? I believe so. Yes, I believe okay. that was how it went. Cool. Yeah, so this was square. <laughs> um but yeah, this this game uh has kind of a history behind it. I think I think one of the the biggest uh like rumors and 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 or I guess <laughs> I don't know if it's technically a rumor more so it is as it's like the folklore of how this game was created was like, oh, mm. Hironobu Sakaguchi was on his last legs and they had one mm. last chance to make a game and he made right. this game and it was his final fantasy, so he called uh. it that. And uh, You know, so <laughs> I, th- I think... I'm not... <laughs> I, I don't think that that's totally accurate. I think that's kind of been mm. debunked somehow. I, I don't know the full, complete story. Um, but I do know that, you know, this guy here, Nobu Sakaguchi obviously loved to play a lot of games in this vein, such as shit like Dungeons and Dragons. Yeah. Yeah. Have you ever, you've played Dungeons and Dragons, right? Yep. We're actually, that's actually what I was doing last discord call that I was telling you about was with James, we're setting up a new, uh, Dungeons and Dragons game. Nice. Yeah, dude. I've actually been listening to, uh. A Dungeons and Dragons podcast a lot, so. <laughs> Dungeons and Dragons podcast. Yeah, yeah. But have you ever heard of the Adventure Zone? No, I've not. No. I I know I've told you about the podcast, my brother, my brother and me. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah so the three of them and their dad, <laughs> uh, they have a another podcast that they started like in 2014 or 2015 called the Adventure Zone, mm. and okay. it's it's so good. They've they've even spawned like graphic novels. Um, oh, tight! Yeah, that like awesome. that go over all their arcs and stuff. And I'm like right at the mm. the end of their first like major story. And dude, I got emotional today listening to it. Like I'm fucking, oh, I'm invested in these fictional funny ass characters. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Anyways, so I was I was also just kind of doing a lot of thinking about 
the very first Final Fantasy game and and mm-hmm. with me listening to this Dungeons and Dragons podcast. And it's just become so overly apparent to me that games of this nature really were very heavily influenced by Dungeons and Dragons. Oh, definitely. Yeah. I think, I think, um, we'll go more into the story here in a little bit. Um, and, and the gameplay and all that sort of stuff. But even in the very beginning, like if you, if you start a Dungeons and Dragons campaign, the first thing that you do is you, you kind of select what your character is going to be. And then you give them a name and you're thrown into this adventure with just a little bit of information as to where you are and what you're doing and you talk to some people and then you start your your first like thing you know (laughs) Yep. and thankfully it's way more simpler than how it actually is to start a D &D game because holy shit oh yeah dude it's and it's like (laughs) i think (laughs) i think the more accurate video game portrayal to how you start a D &D game is more like dark souls where you spend two and a half fucking hours just creating your character (laughs) you know it's like so much so much goes into character creation but uh the very first final fantasy game really you know as as much as final fantasy has opened up in the future especially with shit like 14 and 11 um mm. this very first game really did just kind of say hey here is this fantasy world and you have you know, I think, what was it, like six? You had like six options for what you could make your four characters. Um, do you remember yeah, them off six, the top six. of your head? I, I believe it was Warrior, uh, yep. Fighter, uh, Black Mage, White Mage, Red Mage, and uh, Monk? Or was Monk and Fighter the same thing? Monk and Fighter <laughs> is the same thing. It's Thief. Oh, Thief. You're right. Okay, cool. Thief. Yeah, uh, those are all the six basic classes, yeah. Yeah, okay. So, you know, uh, I th- if you start a Dungeons & Dragons campaign, you're going to have more than just those six. Uh, <laughs> but, but you know. Uh, That's the basics, you know. Yeah, at, at the time, you know, they they really were just, they wanted to just tell you this story and let you experience this world and, and learn about this battle system and stuff. Mm. And, uh, you know, so they gave you these six options and you had four character slots. And, uh, you know, they just kind of put you in there. And then it was kind of like the very first, I guess, really popular version of a of a D like experience that is just video game you know oh yeah yeah and i've been thinking about that lately just like a lot of games and even some anime just give me a lot of D vibes with like you know a party of four going in a dungeon and exploring this world with all these monsters and shit yeah like, i'm starting to get a lot more D vibes with just a lot of video games especially classical jrpgs yeah so this game, Final Fantasy, before we get into the story and stuff, this game has been remade and re-released a lot. I think like... Not as much as 10, but quite a bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, <laughs> I should I should have went and grabbed my Final Fantasy Ultimania thing so I can <laughs> uh, cite off of that. But I think there's something like, like 20-something, like 21, 22 re-releases of this game. 
Really? Yeah. Like there's, there's so many, you know, like it came out on the NES and then I think the next, you know, uh, later on it was like on the wonder Swan and, uh, on, on PCs and stuff like that. But then I think the very, the first prominent port slash remake of it was the final fantasy origins on Mm -hmm. uh, PlayStation PlayStation. one. Yeah. So that, that was the very first, uh, taste of like the updated visuals that we'd get um, for Final Fantasy one and two, right? So we got those, and after that, you know, the the Dawn of Souls remake came out, um, and now I think the most recent ports visually that we have are like the PSP and and mobile device yeah. uh, versions, which. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would say are, I mean, if you're if you're someone who's partial to the console that you first played it on, that's that's fine. But I would say that the, um, like the 20th anniversary editions for PSP and stuff are uh, the, I think they're objectively the best versions of those games that you could play. They definitely look the prettiest. They look the well, and they they include more dungeons and a little bit mm. more story, and uh, yeah, and like you were saying, visually, definitely. Um, and you you've played and beaten Final Fantasy One to completion, right? Yeah, many years ago, I did. Yes. Yeah. Do you? When? Sorry, continue. No, I was just gonna say, like, yeah, I was doing that when they announced Final Fantasy Fifteen, trying to be as many. Final Fantasy games at the time as I could. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So that that was a while. <laughs> yeah. So, um, which which version of that one did you play? The GBA version. Okay. Cool. Yeah. That was that was the same version that I played. Hmm. Tight. Yeah. Um. Overall, just kind of like, was that that was not the first Final Fantasy game that you played though, right? No, that was not the very first one I've ever played in my entire life. No. Which, the very first one I ever played was four. Which which other ones had you played before you got to that one? Five, and six, and I think oh, and ten. I believe no, I played one before ten. I think five and I play a lot of the GBA ones, so I think I played five and six before I touched one. But okay. I barely touched those games yeah. as a kid. Gotcha. Okay, cool. So, so you played four, five, and six, and then one. Yeah. So, you know, I know I know four and six are definitely up there as far as, like, the story compartment goes. So, like, whenever whenever you kind of got a taste for what those Final Fantasy games were like, um, what were just kind of your general thoughts whenever you finally got to the very first one in the series you mean like when i very first played it yeah i mean just kind of like were you were you impressed at all or were you uh I remember i was just having a good time yeah <laughs> i was a kid i don't think that deeply about video games as a kid sure yeah <laughs> like, oh just this is fun all the grinding is just fun <laughs> yeah yeah, no, I, I mean, mean, yeah, just the the gameplay and the just like I think what probably hooked me was just the atmosphere of it. If it just felt different from a lot of the other types of video games out there, I was like, oh, this is this is this is new. This is different. I like this. Yeah, definitely. So, yeah, I mean, Final Fantasy One. I 
I know we've talked about this before, but yeah, it was the first Final Fantasy game that I played. So mm. even though I I had heard from uh, other sources and all over the internet about how good a lot of the other Final Fantasy games, especially seven, it was like, you know, I I think my hopes were were high for the series as a whole. So mm. I remember just playing Kingdom Hearts one and loving that, and uh, I just remember playing through all of the very first Final Fantasy game, feeling like I. Even if I didn't really think I was actually experiencing something extremely fun and innovative, I, in my mind, I was just excited at the fact that I was finally playing a Final Fantasy game. And then, mm. I, I, like, I don't know, it's kind of hard to describe. I was just excited about the fact that it was Final Fantasy and everyone talks about this and I'm finally playing it. And, uh, yeah, and I... I don't know. I looking back on it now, I don't know if I would recommend starting with the very first Final Fantasy game. Um I mean if you if you say to yourself out there that you can play through every single one of them, sure, you might as well just start from the beginning and just play till you get to the most recent one. But uh they definitely this this game in particular is really especially nowadays this game is is more so of a um like a history project you know right like it, it's just like this piece of history that we can look back on and just love it, love and respect for what it is and not really or i guess love and respect for like what it did for the franchise and stuff and just i don't know just feel somewhat lukewarm about it as far as what it is today. Mm. Um, but that for me, that by that by no means mm, makes me feel like this game is bad at all. Like I, I still find enjoyment from playing this video game even today. At the very beginning of the game, it opens up with, at least if you're playing, do you remember how the Game Boy Advance one started? Did it start off with, like, that cutscene? I think it had a cutscene. Yeah, like a small cutscene just, like, pretty much describing what's happening to the world now that the four crystals are gone, I believe. Yeah. Yeah. Somehow... the the earth is all fucked up. The water's raging. Yeah, some Ugh, somehow yeah. the wind has stopped, but the waters are raging. <laughs> yeah, I was thinking, I was like, wow. Yeah. <laughs> I think I think right. really that just has to do with um, they're really just setting up with just how twisted this world has become without right. the, without the crystals. Yeah, I yeah. <laughs> I don't think it's like a typo or anything, <laughs> you know. No, no, no. Yeah. Um. Like I think, I think they would make the point a little bit more clear if they had said like, um, the wind is is has stopped, but the the waves are still raging or whatever. Yeah. You know, I don't know something that extra like that. But would have made it better. Anyways, that's not that's not even uh, even a little bit important. <laughs> Pretty <laughs> I don't much, know, man. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Time to cancel this game for being stupid. <laughs> So, yeah, they just kind of open up with saying, hey, 
uh, the four crystals, um, they ain't working no more. Or were they gotta, like? And you got to fix that shit. Yeah, yeah pretty much. It's like they ain't working no more. The four warriors of light got to come together and save the world. Yeah. And then poof. Boom. There you go. So. Yeah, and then you're pretty much, uh, like, just thrown into the world. <laughs> yeah, no, immediate, as soon, after that cutscene, it immediately starts with you creating your characters, choosing the names of your characters, what job classes they're going to be, and then bam, like, as soon as you figure it all out, you're, like, immediately in front of uh, the, the first um, kingdom or whatever. Yeah. Like, you're just right there. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, and I guess speaking of just kind of the, the job classes, um, for me personally, pretty much every single time that I start this game, I, I have, I have it set up like this where I have the warrior up front and then I have the red mage underneath him. Oh, wow. And then I have white mage and black mage. And the reason why. Oh, no thief. Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> you know, I, I, I want the offensive magic user as well as the defensive mm-hmm. magic user. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, the warrior is just, he's your big hitter and he's got, like, yeah, he's the big strong hits. And the red mage, he's a jack of all those, all of those. Like, he's pretty much all yeah. three of them combined. Like, he can use melee weapons mm-hmm. and yeah. can cast black magic and white magic. Um, so I wasn't, I wasn't always too interested in trying out the thief or the monk characters. Um, but you know, uh, I, I don't know if there's any more tactical tactile advantage on bosses and stuff with the other ones, but you know, that is, but who cares? How did, how did you set up your party? Exactly how it's, as it's set up when you first open the game, just warrior thief, White mage, black mage. I don't change anything. Nothing. Nice. I've never tried red mage, never tried monk. Just keep it. Really? Vanilla. Oh, right yep. on. Right on. Not not uh, not too shabby. Yeah. So, yeah, you're thrown in. Um, oh, and before we even, like, go into the story, bro, we have to just, like, while, while we talk about this, I'm, I'm going to be kind of, like, playing... Um, it's just like some of the music that we hear in the like while it's all happening and stuff. Uh, just because the music in this game is so influential to just like how they continue to do the music in the Final Fantasy games mm-hmm. going forward. You know, right. whenever they, at least in the NES version, I can't remember if they do this in the remake, but uh, they kind of do that whole thing where they have the text going down the screen. And it's that same story of like, oh, the the Earth is all fucked up. Uh, now we need the four mm. heroes of light or whatever, four warriors of light to come and and you know reclaim the crystals or whatever. Um, right. And in the background, they have the prelude. <clears throat> and this is the very first time that we see the prelude in the whole series. It's in the very first game, and then this game has made that prelude so uh like synonymous with the name final fantasy 
like people now think Final Fantasy, and and one of the couple of songs that they think of is the do 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 do, you know, just like mm-hmm. that that scale going up and down, um, yeah. you know. And we get we get the bare bones version of it. It's just it's just that song. So after the prelude, um, you're thrown into just kind of that first area you're you're not really in the town and you're not really in the castle you're just kind of right there on the map and if you go up a few squares you go into the castle if you go left or right you go into the village yep yeah so whenever you go into this castle um this is this is actually where it gets interesting because the king tells you the four warriors of light that your very first thing that you have to do is save the princess now this is very interesting because for most games that's the last thing that you do yeah that's like like, yeah like mario or zelda you know it's like for for most stories of this nature even in like cartoons like if you look at disney movies and stuff like that pretty much you save the day whenever you rescue the princess and then it's like happily ever ever after and then the credits roll but the very first thing that you do is you go to a place called the chaos shrine which sounds like the last fucking level to a video game you know yeah like that's the first thing that you do is you go into the chaos shrine and you beat this guy named um was this Garland? Garland? Yeah, Garland. You you fight Garland, and you save the princess. And then you bring her back to the castle, and they celebrate. And, and then they build this bridge. But then, before the conversation's over, they say, Hey, dude, this is just the beginning of your journey. And... It's just so interesting to me, like, looking at it from this perspective of, you know, this is not how traditional stories are told, <laughs> you know? Usually yeah, the, yeah. there's a buildup before you reach the, you know, you go to the princess and stuff. And so with with that little piece of information that we get at the beginning of the game with the way that the world is, and then the very first thing that we do is we go to the castle and we talk to the king and he tells us to save the princess we go and we fight the guy who kidnapped her and now we have saved the princess from there it's like what okay where do you go from there and you know and it's it's very it's very cool to see how this game has later on continued to influence other final fantasy games in the future um I feel like one of the big reasons why me and you and other people just around the world continue to love Final Fantasy is because of this very specific thing that they do in the first game. And that is they they find a way to break conventions of other storytelling and they 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 just like figure out a new way to tell a story and grip you with something new every time which is like such an amazing thing that final fantasy has always done you know um mm-hmm. final fantasy 2 the very first thing that you do is die 
like <laughs> like you see a little cutscene of your of your town being raided or whatever and then uh you have your party of four that you don't get to name like you did in the first game and then you're uh you're like captured by this army and then they kill you and then it's yep. like <laughs> You know, if you played Final Fantasy 1, you're expecting the game over screen and you think, oh, (laughs) okay, that's kind of weird. Like, they they grip you in by doing something interesting like that. Uh, Final Fantasy 3, the very first thing that you do is you wake up in the middle of a dungeon and there's just goblins all around you. You find a sword inside of a chest, a la Legend of Zelda or something, and then... You, you know, you 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 try to escape the dungeon. Final Fantasy IV, you're literally opening up the game as, like, you know, uh, in your head, you're, like, a villain, you know? <laughs> um, you know, Final Fantasy VI, like, you are also kind of being captured by these villains. Final Fantasy VII, like, you're you're playing as a terrorist in the beginning of the game. Just, like, they, they always find these really interesting ways to drop you into this world that they've designed. And, you know, they just figure out a way to break whatever is conventional about storytelling. And then they, you know, they throw in a bunch of plot twists, like, everywhere. Uh, we haven't even talked about the, what is it, the 2,000-year time loop? <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. That's easy- very what-the-fuck. Yeah, easily the most confusing part about this whole video game. But, yeah, Final Fantasy I. Um, whenever, you, whenever you kill Garland in the very beginning, he... Uh, he basically is like, "Oh, I'll I'll be back or whatever." I, f- I forget what he says. Something um, like that. But you know, later on down the line, you you realize that he's you're you're stuck here in this two thousand year time loop or whatever. Right. Um, and it all gets kind of interesting and convoluted from there. Um, but you really don't really learn that until you meet him again. Exactly. Right. Like, Here's an exposition dump. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, after after you save uh Princess uh Cornelia, or is it Corneria? I think depending on what version of the game it's Cornelia or Corneria. Mm-hmm. Um you you leave the castle, the king has prepared a bridge for you, and mm-hmm. and now this world has become com- pretty much completely open. Um, yeah, and that's I, I've realized that that's actually pretty much the prologue of the game because once you cross the bridge is when the the title card comes and just like the the I guess uh, the 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 text of just like explaining what the plot is or what the words are going to do starts playing and then they have like the music playing like da, 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 yeah they have all that yeah. That's a great point, and then that that brings me kind of to this to the second point, uh, or the the second song that I was gonna mention. Uh, mm-hmm. This is th- first of all for the NES especially. This is such this is beautiful. This artwork of them standing on this like hillside. Uh, you oh see, yeah. You see these four characters, and you just see the the like their dark silhouettes. And you see these mm. birds flying in the background and what looks to be either a field or an ocean or something out before them in a castle. 
and then it just says Final Fantasy, and it says, and so, their journey begins. Yeah. And it's super badass, you know? It is very badass. Uh, I agree. Yeah, and so it, it opens up with that. It says, and so their journey begins. What awaits the four? They do not know. Each holding a crystal that 2,000 years ago shined with beauty from within, but now only darkness. And this is like the NES version that I'm seeing, but it's like, come, start your journey. Return the light of peace to our world. And yeah, that's that's that. You know, it's, it's the whole like... <laughs> In Kingdom Hearts 1, uh, you you do the whole thing where you're inside of the dream world or whatever, and you're fighting the Shadow Heartless, and you wake up on Destiny Islands, and all of this is right after you, you're so confused as to what's happening, and then it's like, boom, Kingdom Hearts 1. Or sorry, maybe Kingdom Hearts 2 is a better example, because it's like, you play through like three hours of this guy named Roxas, and then finally, whenever your journey starts, three hours later, it's like kingdom hearts too like the title finally right. comes and that's kind of what's going on right here you know uh but final, much shorter <laughs> much much shorter but also uh i think really well done um oh yeah like like how we were saying earlier with just how you're dropped into the game like all of that is very fast but you know you don't have to go into the castle first thing you don't have to go into the towns first thing if you wanted to you can go get your ass handed to by some goblins. Like, Hell yeah. Like, that can be the first thing that you do if you want. Like, once this game starts, you're in it. You choose your characters, mm-hmm. you give them your names or whatever, and then boom, you're you're in the game. Yes, uh, sir. And it's... Waste uh, no time. Yeah, it's, it's, it's very interesting how they, they have this done, and they, they even tell you a little story. Like, um... Uh, Sure, it's generic. Maybe even for the time it was generic. But this idea of um, the princess has been kidnapped. Uh, there, there's a castle north of here on this same little island or whatever. Uh, go over there. You know, she's been kidnapped by this guy named Garland. Please, like, you have to rescue her. And then you go, you fight monsters on the way over there. And then you get over there to the castle. And then he's like, ah, it's me, Garland, or whatever. I'm going to knock all of you down or whatever. And then you beat mm-hmm. his ass. And then, you know, there's like a little scene that plays or whatever. And then you, you, you get Garland or you get Cornelia. And then you're thanked and you learn more about this kingdom or whatever. And then they build you a bridge and it's like, Hey, you're playing final fantasy. Here is where your journey begins. That, that really was the prologue. Like, yeah, it's just setting things up. What you were saying earlier about like how usually in video games, that's like the ending. And it's like, that's true. Now that I think about it, like a lot of games back then, like, that's the last thing you do. And in Final Fantasy 1, that's the first thing you do. Yes. That's crazy exactly. to think about, actually. Yeah, and it's just so it's so cool because you're just like, okay, well, then what the fuck is next? How does this end? Right. Where does the story end if I've already done the noble thing that warriors do? Save the princess, mm-hmm. you know? It's like, where do we go from there? And yeah, Where's uh, Bowser? <laughs> yeah, so, you know, um, right after that... <clears throat> You have, you have, you know, a lot of options of what you can do right afterwards, but, um, I, I think, I think you can go to, uh, Matoya's cave right afterwards. 
Um, if it's not Motoya's cave, it's the pirate place. <laughs> the pirate. It's the pirate place. Yeah. So, the pirate place <laughs> is really interesting because uh, this is also another really cool thing that I realized started in Final Fantasy One. Um, pirates. I mean, sure, pirates are are a thing of um, other Final Fantasy games and other like pop culture in general, and they were around a long time ago, I guess. Um, mm-hmm. But you know, uh, this is like a whole village full of pirates, and that's really cool. I, I yeah, you know, other than like Assassin's Creed Black Flag and maybe some other Final Fantasy games, like I can't really ever, th- I can't ever th- think of other games that are pirate centric that's than, true sure maybe some or not some nautica uh what is it you know those other there's like some cool games nowadays but not a whole lot of pirates um especially in a big fantasy world like this where you know you got black mages and red mages and white mages yeah. and uh ninjas well, and shit really like that. About that you know it's like okay pirates cool hey <laughs> i'm down i'm down with pirates oh yeah so uh yeah this is like this village full of pirates and then you beat some pirate ass and yep. uh i i think from there i i really should have done some more uh research on just well, kind of what happens is after you beat the pirates the dude's just like oh i'm so sorry here as uh as thanks for not killing me i'll give you my ship you can do whatever you want with it so there then you, bam, go. you have a, your own ship Boom! Yeah, you get it. You get your first. Don't need Sid for shit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You get you get your first ship. Um, it's and like that is Matoya's cave. Is yeah, next. yeah. It's the very first mode of transportation that you get. Um, that's not walking around. Mm-hmm. Later on, you get shit like the the airship and stuff. Uh, where, where did yeah. you, where did you? Because you said you recently played it for a couple of hours. Uh, where where did you stop, like, plot-wise? I stopped going after the first crystal, the Earth Crystal. Okay, cool. So you, you fought the Lich, right? No, I haven't fought him yet, no. Oh, okay. I'm, I'm doing the stuff to get to him. Oh, gotcha. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So there's, there's another concept of the story that is just involving these four fiends. Um which is another thing that other Final Fantasy games in the future have gone uh, back and explored some more. Like Final Fantasy IX is the first thing that I think of where literally before you fight some of the last bosses in this game, you have to go through the four fiends. And I'm pretty sure they're all the same as in the very first Final Fantasy game. Uh, And what's actually interesting that I think is really cool is that like you actually sort of in a way, already meet one of the first four fiends very early on in the game. Like, there's a cave uh, within the very first area of the game, and if you go inside it, you see a statue of the Lich. Yes. Yeah, definitely. And I know that those statues become relevant, like, way later in the game but i can't remember exactly what happens with those statues I'm, I'm i'm kind of reading through a little bit of just like what wikipedia has on just like it's big story beats i know it's so right here it says you know after you've uh, after visiting the near ruined town of melmond the light the warriors of light go to the earth cave and defeat 
a vampire to retrieve the star ruby, which gains passage yep. to Sage Sada's cave. With Sada's rod, the warriors venture deeper into the Earth cave and destroy the Earth fiend Lich. The Warriors of Light then obtain a canoe and enter the Gurgu volcano and defeat the fire fiend Carrie. Oh. The Levistone from the nearby ice cave allows them to raise an airship to reach the northern continents. And they prove their courage by retrieving the rat's tail from the castle of Ordeal. The King of Dragons, Bahamut, promotes each light warrior. So this is this is another amazing thing. This is seriously probably this is probably where I got whenever I was first playing the game that yeah. that made me really in love with what I was doing and I didn't want to stop and I didn't want to like I just didn't want to stop seeing where the story was going you know mm -hmm. and um this is this is basically that big um Cecil moment from Final Fantasy 4 where you get oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know you go from being a dark knight to a paladin uh, mm. it's the big class change moment. And then not yeah. only, not only is, is it just, Oh, your class has changed. You have new abilities. Like you literally watch all of your party members evolve like Pokemon pretty much, Yeah, <laughs> you know? And it, it looks so cool. Um, it does look cool. Even on like the NES version, it, it looked pretty badass. Oh, uh, definitely. But yeah, even with these updated visuals, though, too, even though it's like these games have obviously gotten to look better over time, like just seeing this change, like from, hey, mm -hmm. you were these tiny little sprites, now you're a couple pixels bigger. And uh, if you're like a white mage, like you just completely take off your hood and stuff. Like, I yeah, don't know. That's cool. Yeah. And I like it how the the more physical classes, like when they advance, they actually can learn some spells. Like the the knight and the ninja, they can the knight can learn some white spells, like the lower level ones, and the ninja can learn some low level black mage spells, which is pretty yeah. fucking cool. Yeah. Yeah. And so Yeah, you get you get the uh the upgrade from Bahamut. And this is also interesting too, because you see Bahamut for the first time and mm. very few times this might be the only time, but Bahamut is just an NPC in this game. Yeah. He's not he's not an enemy or a summon or anything like that. He's just the king of the dragons, Bahamut. Yep. So, you know, and it's... He is just laying down nothing but groundwork and foundation for where they're going to mm -hmm. go in the future with these games and characters and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, I mean, Bahamut wasn't created by <laughs> Hironobu Sakaguchi or anything, um, and things like the Lich and stuff and the Fire Fiend carry, like all of these come from, uh, you know, other cultures and mythologies and stuff like that. And they've all continued to, uh, meld and shape sort of what Final Fantasy is in the future, and it's just, it's really cool to just see all of that inclusion and just seeing how they shape all of these different backgrounds and histories and mythologies and religions. And they just shape them into just like this one fantasy epic. Mm -hmm. So, right. Bahamut uh, promotes each warrior of light. Uh, a kind gesture 
is repaid by a fairy receiving special liquid that produces oxygen, and the warriors use it to help them defeat the water fiend, Kraken. And the Sunken Shrine. They also receive a slab, which allows a linguist named Dr. Une to teach them the... uh, What is this? The Lefinish language? The Lefinish give Mm. the light warriors or the warriors of light access to the floating castle that Tiamat, the wind fiend, has taken over. With the four fiends uh, defeated and the crystals restored, a portal opens in the temple of uh, fiends, aka the temple uh, or the uh, chaos shrine. Which takes them 2,000 years into the past where the Warriors of Light uh, discover that the Four Fiends had sent Garland uh, back in time. And he sent the Fiends to the future uh, to do so, creating a time loop which he could live forever. The Warriors of Light defeat Chaos, thus ending the Paradox and return home. By ending the Paradox, however, the Warriors of Light have changed the future to one where their heroic deeds remain unknown outside of legend. This is very interesting because this can tie into so many different theories that people have just about Final Fantasy in general and interconnected Mm. stories and... This this story, Final Fantasy One, pretty much by the end of this story, you realize that this really is but a legend that no one no one will ever know happened because you know right. this thing has been happening for two thousand years or whatever, and so because they went into the past to make sure that the chaos was never happening, no one ever experienced Mm. any chaos happening anywhere ever. So, this is only a deed Mm. that these four warriors have done, and it's very interesting because you have to then you're thinking well how how did they get there how like is there anyone else who remembers this like or was it just them and Mm. it's this very interesting thing yeah those types of stories kind of make me a little sad like those stories are just like the the heroes do all this stuff but nobody will ever know of all the great deeds that they did it's like oh man that's unfortunate but um but yeah i mean that's that's pretty much it there's there's little character details here and there um oh 100 percent. we should have uh prefaced that earlier like final fantasy one is not a story driven game it's not a story yeah i mean seriously you can you can summarize this whole game in just about two paragraphs um yeah but i think at the time i mean maybe at the time that was like a big thing it's story yeah i don't know i don't think a lot of games back then really had much of a story to begin with so so kind of kind of um Oh, and one other song that I also wanted to mention. Uh, there's actually two songs, but one song that I'll say first. Uh, in my opinion, I fucking love Matoya's Cave theme song. Mm-hmm. Um, I will, I will play. You know, probably either. The, I'll play like a mixture. I'll, I'll kind of play a little bit of the uh, NES version right here, and then right after that, I'll kind of play like a remastered, orchestrated version of that song here, uh, just to kind of show the viewers uh, what I'm talking about with this song. 
but yeah, the song is really, really good. I <laughs> it's so it's so good just to see Nobuo Uematsu just in these beginning stages, just pushing out good music from the start. At least in my in my real quick. Speaking of Matoya's cave, I was just looking it up on YouTube, and apparently, uh, Matoya is in Final Fantasy XIV story. Yeah, yeah, she. I did not expect that at all. I was like, oh shit, okay. She's <laughs> also in Final Fantasy IX. Like she's mentioned in one of the items that you get. Oh, uh, I mean, okay. Final Fantasy IX really kind of is just this big hodgepodge of every Final Fantasy game before it. Uh, like just yeah. full of references here and there. Uh, but maybe that's another podcast that we can discuss in the future. There really are lots of connections uh, between Final Fantasy games, mm-hmm. and there, I, I really do believe there is a canon timeline to these games. Like mm-hmm. I, like Final Fantasy two II and four are definitely connected, one hundred percent. Yes, really? absolutely. We can talk about that later, but <laughs> um, yeah. Anyways, uh, this next song. This is kind of one of those three songs that I was talking about. And then after this, we can sort of go into more mechanics of the game. But the next song that is so synonymous with Final Fantasy is the battle theme song. so good it started started here and it has only evolved further and further um i think now uh nowadays it's like it's pretty much totally different mm-hmm. than oh, the yeah. than than what the first like six games were you know definitely <laughs> uh, but what has always stayed constant even in fucking Final Fantasy 15 with Prompto. Gotta have it. Dude, you gotta have that victory fanfare. Yeah, so the fanfare, that's that's another one. Started here, and it's... I I don't see that one ever going away. It better not. I swear to God, if Final Fantasy 16 does not have it, worst Final Fantasy game of all time. Dude, there's a lot of... There's a shit ton that's writing on Final Fantasy 16 right oh, now. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Especially with just the reception that people have had about 15 and yeah. stuff. You know, they, they've, this game has to be good if they're going to continue to make Final Fantasy games, you know? Yeah. Well, I mean, but it's made by the guys, it's by the guys who, are work, who worked on 14, so I think it'll be all right. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's really holding my, my optimism right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, okay, so that's pretty much, you know, some of the history of the game and some of the story and some, uh, some notable tracks from the game. Uh, DJ, I want you to kind of give me a little bit of a rundown of just kind of how, uh, battle works, um, exploring, like, towns and, like, weapons and stuff like that. Just kind of how, how you play the game. Alright, so pop out ears everybody so this is how you basically play final fantasy one so pretty <laughs> pull much you out have to, your notepads yeah pull out your notepads this is the walkthrough 
So pretty much when you choose your characters, it's important to choose your characters because each class has like their own advantages, disadvantages. So warrior, obviously they focus on attack. They have high defense and high vitality, their health. Uh, the ninja, well, not the ninja, eventually becomes a ninja. The thief, he's more on speed. So he can do, he does pretty big damage like compared to the white mage and the black mage, of course, but he more focuses on doing a lot of hits. Like, because you can't hit your enemies multiple times, and the the thief is the one who does the most attacks. And he's the fastest one, usually the first one that'll do an attack. And the black mage does the offensive magic and some, like, stat boosts. And the white mage, they're the one that heals, and also some uh, curing of status ailments like poison, stuff like that. So you gotta, like, choose your... And the red mage, they have a mixture of both... Uh, black magic and white magic and the monk they're more just the physical beaters just using their fists and I think nunchucks too I think they have that I'm not 100% sure um, yeah nunchucks but you have to choose between those like four characters there usually I just do the basic four the warrior ninja black mage white mage you'll be fine with that so then once you do that you're put in this world and usually how this game and most other traditional JRPGs works in terms of combat is random encounters where you sort of just traverse the world doing your own thing and then out of nowhere just you'll be put into this weird realm with a bunch of monsters they had to fight and with how traditional jrpgs works it's called it's turn-based combat meaning that you can sort of select what your actions can be for each character and then you start battling and usually battling is done once you select your actions is based on the speed of the characters compared to the enemies too so depending on how fast your characters are they'll attack before your enemies attack but if the enemies are faster than you then they'll usually attack first um speaking speaking of that if i can interrupt for a second go ahead um is is this probably your favorite um of the of the battle systems no (laughs) okay gotcha do you do you have a favorite one uh well, I've said this in a previous podcast. I prefer more action-oriented games, and but if I was just going sort more just traditional turn-based, probably I kind of like how eventually they implement doing. Um, I can't remember the exact name for it, but it's sort of like I think it's called action turn-based, where it's enemies can attack even while you're choosing what you want to do. Because it adds more... Yeah, the, a- the active battle Yeah, system. active battle system. Yeah, because it adds more sort of just like, um, I guess, tension. Because just like, fuck, I got to figure it out. Which for some, yeah, that can I, be I a think little... it's active time battle. Active time battle, that's what it is. Which for some, that can be a little annoying. Because, you know, it doesn't really give you time to focus. But I kind of enjoy that one more. But I get where people are coming from. But yeah, Final Fantasy 1 combat's fine. It's, it's pretty basic for the most part, especially early game. It's just... Uh, when you're in battle, you have the, a couple options of either attack, use magic, use an item, uh, change up your equipment, or flee. Weirdly enough, there's not, as far as I'm aware from playing the game for about five hours, there's no defend option. You can't choose to defend. I know in later Final Fantasy games, you can, especially four, I know that for one for a fact, you can, oh, and three, you can choose to defend rather than like do an action, which is good for your white mages or black mages if you don't want to spend mana um you can like take less damage that way but in this game in the first game as far as i know you can't which eh, whatever but yeah it's pretty much how it goes just active time uh, not active time just random encounters battling monsters to gain uh, experience and 
money. And actually, funny enough, is when you first start the game, all the characters have the exact same amount of XP. So, like, they all gain, they all have, like, a certain amount of XP that they need to gain in order to level up. So, when you're first starting the game, they all level up at the exact same time. But there will be, of course, times to where, you know, some characters will die that will halt their XP gaining, making the other characters level up a little bit faster. But it's not that bad. It's not like Pokemon where you have a fucking level 100 Blastoise and level 25 every everything else. Right, um, right. But, yeah, that's pretty much how, yeah, that's pretty much how combat goes. It's pretty basic for the most part. Nothing too difficult. Um, and then traversing the world, you, you, usually after you beat the prologue is you kind of just go around the world looking for towns, looking for information of what to do. Uh, you, yeah, especially because the game doesn't really tell you outright what the fuck you're supposed to do. So you gotta like talk to people. Um, and in towns, there's a bunch of different things. There's item shops, spell shops, weapon shops, um, armor shops. Uh, inns to like heal your characters which costs a little bit of money I noticed that each inn that you go to as you progress further further and further in the game does get more expensive at the very first inn that you go to it costs 50 gil and then the second one in the pirate shop I believe is like 100 and then the one in Elfheim I believe is also 100 I believe but it definitely the price definitely increases and in later games yeah, I, I, th- I think that also mm-hmm. yeah in later games that's just kind of how the inns work right but funny enough, in two, which I mean, I won't talk about. This, I just mentioned this real quick. In two, how uh, how much money it costs in the end is dependent on how uh, how much health you lost or how much mana you lost, which is weird. Um, what a system! Yeah, weird system. But anyway, back to Final Fantasy One. Um, that's pretty much how it goes. And with each shop, you know, the weapon shop is you buy all different kinds of weapons. And luckily, in the GBA version and probably the PS One version. It lets you know right away um, what weapon works for which character. Because you, if you go to an item, you'll have certain characters like hop up, being like, "Hey, I can use this," which is actually like a pretty funny and good way to like notify. Okay, this this weapon works for this character, which is good. And also, they have like little arrows. They have like a green arrow for this is a better weapon than what you currently have, and a red arrow saying this is a worse weapon than what you currently have, or a equal sign saying that they're basically the exact same thing which is good way of like letting you know rather than just buying and hoping for the best. Um, and, and can I just say too, like that is such a nice welcome to the re-releases of mm-hmm. the game just because in the NES version of the game, it, like there, the system <laughs> interface for just like shopping for weapons yeah. was so confusing to me, I believe like, it. which is why I, I, I can never get past the prologue of, of Final Fantasy One on the NES. Yeah, it's I was just I, so confused. Yeah, I don't think I could ever play the original, uh, like three games. Maybe even the the SNES. Maybe the SNES ones aren't bad, but definitely the yeah. first three games I could not play those in the original version. Um, but yeah, the weapon shop, buy weapons, armor shop, same thing. But you know, for your armor of like having better evasion and better defense, um, and then. There's the black mage and the white mage shops. Now, this is this is how it goes with the the first couple games is that you have to buy magic. In later uh, Final Fantasy games and JRPGs in general, you just learn spells by leveling up. But in the originals, you have to buy spells, and you only get three slots. And there's different levels of magic. So in the very first uh, town that you visit, where you know you meet the king and he tells you save my daughter from that asshole Garland. Uh, 
uh, there's two different shops that each have the basic leveled magics for white mage and black mage. So the first shop, the white mage, there's cure, there's other ones besides cure. <laughs> I don't remember, but um, yeah, and they each cost like a hundred. You can only have three for your uh, mage who you choose, and you can't choose on the other guys who don't know that spell. You can only have three for that one level of magic. And each shop that you visit that have that has the higher uh, levels of magic, um, they cost more. Like the first place that you visit, it's a hundred gil. Next place that you visit, I believe, is two fifty. And then in Elfheim, yeah. it's like immediately shoots up to a thousand, which is insane. Yeah. But yeah. by that point, you start I, learning spells that like can either heal the entire party or do damage to the, to the, all the enemies. As yeah. you're saying, I, I'll say I, I do like the system where you you earn um, magic by like leveling up, mm-hmm. like you like you earn fire or something, and then whenever you reach like level 16 or something you learn like Fyra and then yeah. Fyraga or whatever yeah but I will say in um some games too like Final Fantasy 7 uh for instance uh you do have to purchase those like as materia mm-hmm. uh, like in the very beginning of the game you you purchase those and like in Final Fantasy 8 it's like uh pretty much anyone can use fire but you have to like draw it from an enemy that has that so it's very interesting kind of how they've jumped around the series Mm -hmm. with how you obtain magic and stuff but purchasing magic is has always been an interesting one to me yeah it's a little interesting i mean i guess it's kind of cool because just like you're learning a scroll from someone like you're buying a scroll from a a magic shop but yeah I, i agree it's better to just like level up and get the spell rather than just like trying to grind for money because a lot of times i do not have i'm not able to afford it at the moment as soon as i enter the town <laughs> um, right, yeah but yeah i mean and plus leveling up is actually relatively fast in that game it doesn't take too long to gain a couple levels and you gain a lot of a lot of money too but yeah, that's pretty much it uh and then especially if you uh emulate and use those speed up yeah. modes yeah honestly i can't <laughs> i can't play a lot of gba games now after doing that in regular version Especially Pokemon. Exactly. I can't fucking play a regular version. But, um, <laughs> yeah. So, and then pretty much the rest of the game is just like how we've described Dungeons and Dragons. Like, you're just going in dungeons, uh, trying to do things to help save the town, save the local town from all the crazy shit that's happened because of the loss of the four crystals. And, yeah, eventually, like, halfway, maybe more than halfway in the game, you meet Bahamut and he gives you jobs advancements that gives you. Uh, better stats, better weapons, better spells to get for your characters. And, uh, yeah. That's pretty much it in terms of, like, the gameplay. It's pretty self It's pretty easy, and it's not... It's the very first game, so it's not too hard. And over time, with each game, it gets a little bit more complex than that, but that's pretty much the basics of the gameplay of Final Fantasy 1. Yeah. Yeah. And then I guess, too, um, since we were talking about, like, uh, just travel and, and traversing the towns mm-hmm. and stuff. Um, you you get the boat later on right. and stuff. Um, and I think in some games you are not really affected by that, like affected by enemies. But I'm pretty sure in the first game you can still encounter enemies yes, on the boat. They're just now like enemies that you would find out on the sea or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then and then I believe you also get an airship. Right. Yes. The... Well, before the airship, though, you, you get the canoe <laughs> traverse around. Oh, the, that's true. Yes, the soft waters. Yeah, or whatever. that's how. 
Yeah, that's how you get to the volcano, I believe. Yeah. But yeah, airships and stuff. Um, yeah. Canoes, boats, airships. These are all things that, you know, this game has started that have become staples to Final Fantasy in general. Yep. Um, and fortunately, yeah, 15, that, they, they had to add a of, fucking car. <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, I mean, hey, for if you if you beat the game, it's an it's also an airship. So, uh, but uh, <laughs> and that is one of those things too, though, where it's like, yeah, I think I think if you wanted to keep people invested in the way that you traverse this world, you should have given them the airship option like way early on. Well, I, I mean, know. there's yeah, I mean, I'm fine with the car. It's there. just it's just how they turn it into an airship I thought was just stupid but yeah it's just you just gotta talk to that old fucking bitch Sid that doesn't do shit right ah okay anyways <laughs> <laughs> yeah so we've kind of gone over an hour here um and I think this is something that we can talk about for probably a while but um all in all like we said in the beginning this is a really interesting piece of of history more than yeah. anything I think definitely um, it's fun. Like it tells a uh, an intriguing story. Like you you want to know kind of where it goes whenever whenever you start it, but um, you know it's it's nothing that's groundbreaking by today's standards. Really, um, the gameplay has only continued to evolve and become better, in my opinion, just as as time has gone on and they've made new Final Fantasy games. Um, but overall, you know, I, I don't think it's the worst Final Fantasy game. No, not at all. No, I think it's a good game. And, um, I personally, if you, if you watched my ranking of the Final Fantasy games for me, in my opinion, um, this game for me, as, as it did for the whole series, it started, it started it all for me, you know, um, I mean, maybe, I guess you could say Kingdom Hearts started it all for me <laughs> as far as getting into Final Fantasy. But, right, but within Final um, Fantasy itself. Yeah, this was the first Final Fantasy game that I, I played and experienced. So um, I've I've got a lot of love and appreciation for this title. And uh, for me personally, I, I think I would maybe give it like a 6.5 out of 10. Mm, okay. Yeah. What about you? Would you do you have a an idea for what you'd give the score? I think a six too. Like it's fine, but if I were to choose a Final Fantasy game to play, I this would not be it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's definitely better options. Right, out there. but I mean, it's the first one, so you know, the first yeah, game in a I've, series is usually not the greatest. Which I would say to anyone who wants to start, uh, kind of in that. Uh, 2D sprite-based uh, Final Fantasy game sphere. I would, um, I would say start with four. God damn right. Yeah, I'd say start with four. If you if you don't want to play that the sprite-based version, like the PSP version or the Game Boy version or whatever, um, you know they got a really good they got a really good uh, uh, remake of that game mm-hmm. uh, for the Nintendo DS and, and PC and stuff like that. So. Um, that's where, that's just where I'd start. But this, I mean, Hey, if you're, if you're like me and you wanted to just start from the first one, uh, it's not, not the worst option. Nope. 
I'd say it's not your only I'd option. Say there are, yeah, I would say there are worse places to start. <laughs> what would you say is the worst one to start with? You know, I th- I think if you want to get into the series as a whole, it might be. I I would not recommend starting with fifteen. And oh, the only God, no. reason why I well, the only reason why I say that is because if if that is the kind of game that you're into, sure, go ahead and play that one. But just know that uh gameplay wise and stylistic wise, it is the most different out mm. of all of the Final Fantasy games. Yeah. Like it has similarities and it's got those tropes that are shared throughout mm-hmm. the series. But if if you want to know what Final Fantasy is, 15 is not where you start. Yeah, that should be one That's, of the last ones you play in terms of like understanding the series. Yeah, I mean, but I mean if you but if you just want to play for the sake of just yeah. seeing what the newest thing is, yeah. well, sure play the, play 7, but um but 15 yeah is yeah, that's where I'd start on that spectrum, but I guess I would also say um I don't know, maybe maybe 2 is probably a really weird place to start. Yeah. Play I mean, Final Fantasy first 11 first. Are kind of, the, yeah, the first 3 are kind of in their own family mm-hmm. uh separate from the rest of the series, I yeah. feel like. Um What about like, 10? In my in my opinion, you don't need to play the first 3 ever if you don't want to, right. you know. Um but they're also all kind of in this same boat as Final Fantasy 1 where it's like if you just want to see where this series got its footing in the first place, you know, you see it all from there. Like you see where they got a lot of the gameplay ideas and story ideas. Like that's that's where that's where those games lie. But anyways, pretty uh pretty good game. Mm-hmm. Um if you're interested in playing it, uh, I recommend it, even though I give it a 6.5 out of 10. I, I don't think it's, um, I mean, sure, you can skip it if you want to get into the rest of the series, but fuck it. I mean, if you want to play this game, play the game. It's yeah. fun. Like, yeah. it's 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 just fun to level up your characters and stuff. Yeah. And grinding in this game goes fast, especially if you use emulation. Um, it's just an all-around, like, solid RPG yeah. at its at its core. It's, I agree. It's like base. at the end of the day, like all the Final Fantasy games are fun on their own and just like you just enjoy them. Like doesn't matter. Honestly, it really doesn't matter which game you start off with or whatever. Just just have fun. Whatever one you feel like. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I mean, it really is I think for all for every Final Fantasy game there is, I I think this is probably the best one um that to for like pick up and go kind of play like like for a PSP or for on your phone or something or on mm-hmm. the Game Boy like it really is just like you pick it up you play for a few seconds like you can probably gain levels within like minutes you know just playing this game and uh that shit's fun and um if you're into that sort of thing pick up this game if you've never played it um but yeah I think that's going to do it for us um, there are obviously plenty of gameplay tidbits and plenty of story, you know, analysis stuff that we've skipped over and development stuff that we skipped over. But overall, this is a good game and I recommend it. Um, but yeah, that's, that's our, I guess our, our official review, um, uh, for the f- very first Final Fantasy game. 
Um, we may end up doing shit like this in the future for other video games, maybe not in the Final Fantasy series. If if DJ in the future wants to talk about like Disgaea or some shit like that or, or Yu-Gi-Oh! Legend of the Duelists or whatever. Um, yeah, I mean, uh, this is just something that I wanted to try. Uh, we may do it in the future. But uh, yeah, as always, DJ, thank you so much for uh, joining me on this one. Thank you for having me. Wait, I, I didn't hear what you said because I had my headphones unplugged from my phone. I said thank you for having me. It was great. Yeah, yeah, dude. Yeah. You're welcome, man. All right. Y'all uh, y'all take it easy out there. We will see you guys next time. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.